how to figure it out, or we can ask you questions and feedback. So we can't yeah. see it very well. That's the problem. Can I watch oh, it on really? my phone? You know, well, yeah, yeah. that's that. Yeah, you should, can. Yeah, you can be doing you can that. Share Too much it. pressure. Just accept. So it is live no. on my Facebook. You can share it to your Facebook. I'm going to go and share it to the singles page. Hey, and we're actually shit, live on on Spotify too. We well, are. Yeah, we're we're going. We're live. Welcome, live. Like welcome he's a hot mic. <laughs> welcome to the Timmy Gibson Show. This is our special monthly episode that we call Peckers, but we may be voting that out eventually. Uh, if people keep giving a shit about it, Lance. <laughs> but four guys and a bottle of scotch and brandy and whiskey is what we'll what we're probably four guys, <laughs> a one bottle of scotch and a lifetime of wisdom. That's right. you know, we always say a bottle of scotch. We're yet to have a bottle of scotch here. Uh, <laughs> we got rum. We got bourbon. We got Irish whiskey. We got champagne, strawberry ice cream. We got no scotch. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Grant, go to the liquor store. So <laughs> so who do we have here? We have uh Grant Wood, who's a Kansas City therapist. We have Lance um Strickland, who is the co-host of the Timmy Gibson show. That's and right. That's my works, that's works, the only that's thing it. I, that's, no, that's it. it. Just that's, don't that's, say that's more. Title. And, then, <laughs> and then we have uh the one and only What's your name, Stephen? Do you have a Stephen or Steve? I don't I really see care. His Facebook is Stephen, which throws me off. <laughs> right. This is Steve. Or if he's in a real classy crowd, it's Stefan. That's right. Stefan. It's Stephen. never Stefan. It's never <laughs> Stefan. Okay. So yeah, Steve. I try to avoid classy crowds. Yeah, he's our he's our he's our resident like uh, our resident like genius, the guy that worked yeah. with Elon Musk yeah. at SpaceX. I'm the jackass. Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah. <laughs> smart jackass. Smart. He's ass. the smartest. The wisest. He's the youngest. Yeah. <laughs> Something wrong with that. Thank you, Timmy. Keeps telling everyone I'm old. <laughs> Well, guys, welcome to tonight's show. Um, I'm super excited about this particular topic just because I value personal growth, personal development, yes. and being able to not be blinded by my own biases to my issues. Um, and I, I want to always be the kind of person that would be, that would recognize if I was really off. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I don't want to believe anything that's not true. Uh, whether that's about me or anyone else, I want to believe the truth. Like what I believe in is I want, I want to be able to know that what I'm believing in is correct. Right. And the thought of, you know, believing lies, which is one reason why I'm so anti-conspiracy theory stuff. You know, it, 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 I want to make sure that I'm on the path of truth. And that means even when I'm looking in the mirror and not just cause you know, well, we were talking about this off mic, how that, it, it very rarely do you meet someone that's divorced and they say, you know, why are you divorced? You know what? Because I was a selfish prick and I was, you know, like they don't usually do that. Usually it's, well, my ex was this, that, and yeah. the other, and da, 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 da. And, and I get it because some of that might actually be true that, you know, like what they're saying about their ex might be true. Um, but that doesn't mean that you're then faultless. Um, and it, it's 100% someone else's fault. It, it's the same thing. And this translates not just for those that were married, divorced, but friendships, careers, you know, I mean, have you ever heard someone that got fired and they say, yeah. you go, why'd you get fired? And you're like, man, I don't know. I was the best fucking employee yeah. ever. You know, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. I created, you know, it's, they never say, yeah, I was just a lazy motherfucking right. man. I showed up late and left early and didn't do a good right. job. And I back, I back talked the boss and they yeah. never say that, you know, they're never that honest. Right. Anyway, so what brought this topic on is the thought of can we really know ourselves 
and be honest with ourselves with the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, mm-hmm. is is it possible to really know, man, I'm I'm a narcissist or I'm passive aggressive or I'm emotionally unavailable? It's it's mm. is it possible to really know that? Mm-hmm. Well, Grant. <laughs> Grant's like, no, and yeah, that's why that's I get paid for a living. <laughs> yeah, I don't, want, I don't want the secret hidden out. You can absolutely own your part of things. A lot of it just depends on – okay, so, so let me back up. So when I became a, a therapist, I decided to be a marriage and family therapist. Not so much because it's just marriage, family, but marriage and family therapy is focused on systems theory. Right. Mm, this sounds really it's interesting. So good. <laughs> right. So what, what systems theory says is that it's never A or it's never B. It's always A and B, and then what happens in between A and mm. B. And it's it's a method of therapy that there's not like an identified patient. Like it's so normal for us to find out, well, whose fault is it? And systems theory says it's no one person's fault. Mm-hmm. Everyone plays a part in this mm-hmm. big dance. And our job is to figure out how these gears work together. So so therapists are trying to do that, seeing the system from the outside. So when I see a couple, I see three things. I see each individual. And I see what's happening between them. That's the relationship, right? Yeah. And you'd work hard to not make one person at fault. <clears throat> the hope is, right, that if they're going to make it, with whatever they're dealing with, they're each going to have to own their part of the problem they have. And I think that's the hardest. I think it's very hard for us to be honest with ourselves about where we're failing. And it's even harder to do that. Like, yes, the answer is yes. People can absolutely zoom outside of themselves and look at their life from the outside honestly and identify what am I doing that's healthy? What am I doing that's not? But anybody that's doing that has found some pretty good ways to resource themselves so that it's safe enough for them to be self-critical. Like anyone who's grown up in just absolute chaos all the time, where all they do is self-preservation, self-preservation, it gets really hard for that person to zoom outside and see what they might be doing wrong. That's narcissism. Narcissism is trauma-fueled. It is a, it's malignant self-love it's a person who the only safe way for them to operate in the world is for them to be right good the smartest the best and as a result they lose their empathy for others yeah so outside of narcissism all of us are on some scale of self-absorption sure we can be high some of us are higher you know, on that scale. Some of us are higher as <laughs> Timmy not. raised his hand <laughs> right? but it takes a lot of work you know like ch- children children don't know that they're doing something wrong until they're told that by someone else. So I want to make sure I understand this. So you're, are you saying that, that there's this, this range and we're all within this, this range somewhere on this spectrum, but, but did we all get there because we, something happened or we went through some experience when we were younger and we've tried and we learned how to protect ourselves psychologically or emotionally. And so for the narcissist, they've just learned that for whatever happened, they they weren't going to be embarrassed, shamed, whatever. And so they've learned then to be that narcissist because in the end, they were just trying to protect themselves. But it's gotten so far out of control. Yes. Um, I think you described it as malignant love. For malignant self-love. Self-love. Yeah. 
where we're any one of us could have ended up there, but you're saying we all kind of the, the common denominator or the seed for all of that was us trying to create some sort of fortress emotionally or psychologically within ourselves. Yes. Interesting. Every one mm. of us has a self-preservation range that we operate in and our early, early attachments tell us how safe the world is or not. So in other mm. words, your first formative years, if you were raised in a crazy home, it's huge. like an yeah. alcoholic home mm -hmm. or an abusive home, yep. then that's going to lend to, right. Mm. right. You're going to default strongly to self-preservation, you know, and then it can be, it can just get to a point where the self-preservation becomes so radical that a person loses their ability to really consider others. Interesting. So, so, so can you? Every be, narcissist is deeply terrified all the time. Like, yeah, fearful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Right. So, and and can you get to a point where you're literally so broken that you are completely unaware of any brokenness within your yeah within yourself right. where That's you are literally so a yeah. true narcissist That's is narcissism. I'm right. They do not sense, smell how how broken they are, or then their responsibility in any kind of change. They force everyone around them to change, and if you don't, you can live with a narcissist if you go downstream with them in their bubble of reality. Mm. I can be in a relationship with you if you're a narcissist. If I if I feed that line and go along and don't resist you, but the moment I start to resist, or say, "Well, have you ever thought about how I feel?" or Mm -hmm. Now I've become a problem wow. to the narcissist. Now I'm a threat, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I can't be right, smart, good, more loving, better, more accomplished, um, a better person, more spiritual. The narcissist always has to be king of the hill. So, so you know, wow. if you want to play king of the hill, you're going to lose with a narcissist. So, so back to Timmy's <laughs> initial kind of tee up of this whole thing. And that is, and I said this about Timmy, I said, one of the things that I love about him is your mama must've just held you tight when oh. you were young. Cause you were just <laughs> emotionally, a, based on family. what Grant said, you know, <laughs> you know, I could, we, we can sling arrows and darts at you and you just stand there with a big bullseye <laughs> wide open and say, hit me. Cause I want to learn more yeah. about myself. And, yeah. and you've always, you, you, that's a great quality that I love about I you. Um, but I guess my question to you, Grant, is, you know, and back to what you were saying, Timmy, do you, is, can we, do you have to have others with, is the community that you surround yourself important? And I wouldn't think it would be if you're a narcissist because the narcissist isn't looking for feedback, but what is that trait that the person has that people have that you end up like a Timmy Gibson who is willing to open themselves up and look to say, I'm, I'm, I'm a unzip me and, you know, slay me wide open because I want to learn more about how I'm wired, the cogs inside and they, how they turn in the wire and how the wiring is. What is that that you've seen that those people have? Is it a strong emotional connection with, I, I don't know. Like, that's a great question. I mean, there must be something inside that person that somewhere inside they somewhere in there even if they know i've i've messed up or yeah i've been wounded right or i'm at fault there's something in there that also knows that i'm valuable yes like i'm valuable enough to be able to take this look at myself yes and you i want to i want to give myself a higher awareness i want to grow 
Yeah. See, right. okay, yeah. that's really interesting. I'm interested in your thoughts yeah. on that okay. because that's if I'm not if I'm not living in primal terror, right? Primal terror is everything is self-preservation. Everything is to protect me. It's not to grow. So if I'm not in that primal oh, terror, yeah. I have some margin to say I can grow. I can I can see myself. Yeah. I can learn from myself. If I do something wrong, I don't have to just defend it at all costs. I can actually say, oh, I don't like the way this feels. I can do it different. I want to. But someone mm -hmm. who's in primal fear internally all the time, they can't do that. Wow. Mm. That's well, that's the best way I did. Sorry to yeah. interrupt. That's well, no, that's 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 great because I have always I one of the things that I prided myself on is the fact that I'm willing to listen to others because I do want to, you know, I want to be introspective and I want to I've never been one that's like, you know, I didn't tell you this because I was ashamed or something. I've always been one that I'm willing to air my dirty laundry pretty I mean to the, absolutely to the, you because are. i feel like if i'm holding something back i'm not going to get the most value like if i'm going to tell you i i need to tell you everything that that i know because i'm looking for the biggest return on that feedback yes but yeah. there's always been a part of me though that's i've i've had that growth mindset as a as opposed to the fixed you know um and that is that i've I don't, but I'm curious to where that confidence came from. And I feel kind of arrogant even saying it, but you know what, you know yeah, what, that's nurtured what I was saying. Nature, right? Is that what you mean? Like well, whether it was something well, that was nurtured in you or was it? It was something that I didn't way. feel like I was going to be inferior if I failed at it or something. I was, I'm willing to throw out my, my faults and my errors to get better. Yes. And, yeah. and that's what I say about the growth thing. Or so, well, somebody must have, somebody must have held you like in your periods of suffering in your life or struggle. You must have had someone somewhere that said, Lance, I'm with you. I got your back. It's interesting you say that, though. Then I'll go to you, Steve. Yeah. My mom always created a doubt within me. Uh -huh. And she, but but to me, like she would always say, are you sure that she loves you as much as, as you love her? Are you sure that you can go? Are you sure you're going to be able to go to college and be able to handle it? Like my mom thought she was always doing that to protect me. Like, I just want to throw this out so maybe you know, to center you, like, you know, you've got big eyes and, and, you know, big appetite and you think you're going to handle this really yeah. well, but are you sure that you've got what it takes and you're not going to go up there and fail? I think she thought she was protecting me, but all along, all I heard was Lance, you don't have what it takes. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to me that I remember that, but, but you're kind of saying the opposite. I would have thought my mom would have been super supportive. Now, of course my dad probably was, but he really wasn't the hands-on type of dad like that. So I'm kind of I'm I'm still digging in to I mean, figure out where that it might not even have been mom or dad. It could have been okay. Friends. It could have been a partner at some point that said, even when you mess up, I'm gonna be here. Okay. If we've had that experience, if we've had anybody that loved us beyond our faults, I definitely had that. Then we okay. can, then part of us in like you know, in, in part and that's probably like spirituality that can really get distorted with narcissism, mm -hmm. but you know, spirituality for some people is a way to like be forgiven or there's self love. Mm -hmm. So if, if that's there to catch me yeah. from anybody, yeah, I can risk looking at myself and acknowledging what I did, you know, that wasn't healthy. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. if I don't feel like anybody's going to ever do that, I'm just going to, I'm just going to circle the wagons, bitches. Mm -hmm. Good luck getting in here. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right. so, good luck. So I'm, being poop, I'm interrupting everybody. Like, no, oh, that's really I'm good. Actually, yeah. no, You're fact, the specialist. I'm yeah. a narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> this is just a, a fascinating um, a topic because it 
it does go back to the nurture nature, you know, how we're wired, I guess, at, at birth or whatever. Uh, and then myself, you know, I came from a two parent home, even though, you know, my mom had was pregnant at 15, had me at 16, you know, divorced him, married someone else, then divorced him, married someone else. But so I always had a two parent home, but I always had her parents, my grandparents, my papa and Nani. Okay. Cause she was 16. Yeah. So clearly they yeah. were the ones that held me, told me I could do anything. Anything was possible. You're loved and very supportive. So my entire childhood, though, there was just like every family, some, you know, three, three divorces. I mean, that obvious are two divorces. There was some dysfunction there, but I was loved and I was told that I could do anything and that Jesus was with me and I could, yeah. you know I mean, like I was yeah. really told all the time that I was loved, that I was special, mm -hmm. that God loved me. You know, I mean, that yeah. was a message that was driven into me, um, which I think probably was the soothing, you know, mm -hmm. the soothing part of the, you know, married divorce, some yeah. of that stuff, um, I think was a soothing part. But I also think the religion, uh, you know, I, I, I've come kind of full circle, as you guys know, you know, where I hated religion and was curious mm -hmm. about way over going some other way. And then, you know, I kind of came back around and now I understand, yes, I've, I view spirituality as healthier and better, um, than religion, but I find value in what religion was created to do. It's mm -hmm. the not forsaking of the assemblies together or don't forsake uh, the assembly of yourself together. In other words, yeah. get together community. Yeah. And so I think that's what religion did is like, Hey, here's what we all believe. We're all believing the same thing in community, mm -hmm. um, which goes back to the the topic at hand. I, I watched uh, that video. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see mm -hmm. it. Vsauce did a video talked about reasoning and he talked mm -hmm. about, you know, you put a jar of jelly beans in here. And if I guess you guess, you guess, and you guess, all of we'll all be wrong. Steve, but yeah. the right. average <laughs> right. Steve would. Steve would. He has right. some freaking formula. <laughs> you know, but the average will be right. In other words, when you average all yeah. these numbers together, we're going to get it right. Yeah. So it's in community. Yeah. That you can find balance, but I think the key is to not always just surround yourself with people who believe like you, think like oh, you. Oh yeah, that's mm -hmm. a cult, right? Right. And think about the emotional <clears throat> confidence that you have to have in those that circle that you've created around you to be able to air your dirty laundry and know that they're going to give you feedback, but you're also going to be able to walk out and go have a cup of coffee right. and talk football game right. just five minutes later. Well, right. if you don't feel safe, I mean, think about how polarizing even our world is today, right? All of a sudden there's two camps, right? Mask and no mask, mm -hmm. two camps, vaccination, oh, yeah. no vaccination, oh, yeah. right? Two camps, Democrat, Republican, Biden, Trump. Right. I mean, we've, we've just like parted the red sea, so to speak. And, and everything about our social world is so, I mean, think about it. And when we were raised, I was raised religious, right? So it's the people, the saved and the unsaved, the heaven and the hell. Yeah. I mean, everything was split into two camps. And what happens is you can't, you can't be friends with, if you're a QAnon, for example, if you're a conspiracy theory person, you can't hang out with and be friends with someone who's not that. Right. Because every time you bring it up, they'll go, that's crazy. Right. But so what do you do? You, you distance yourself from them and you continue to talk to those that just reaffirm, 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 oh, it's so reaffirm. easy now with social media. Yeah. If you yeah. just join the QAnon Facebook group and you're in right. a bunch of You've got 20,000 new friends. Fuck right. Yeah. yeah. A bunch Fuck of yeah, quacky like, people. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So, I love to be told I'm right. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, mean, I think that goes back to what you said, Grant. It, it, I, we want to be told that we're right. 
right? But go back to systems theory now. So mm-hmm. systems are I like either systems, theory. systems are either open <laughs> yes, or closed, right? Right? They're open or closed, and they can be diffuse. So if you're if your family you grew up in, if it's a closed system, meaning if like we've got the wagon circled tight, no, no one gets out, no one gets in, and oh. you're told if you're told in that system. God loves you. We always love you. You're a special snowflake. Right? Like, <laughs> you're, right? If you're told that in a closed system, that can fuel entitled narcissism. Oh, absolutely. Right? That's cult yeah. type, you know, yes. reality. If the same thing That's is why I say I'm you, a little high on that chart. Well, I mean, remember, the self-absorption scale is big and we're all on it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. But but if you're told that in an open system, so you're maybe your mom is saying that to you. Nothing you could ever do can make me question my love for you, right? You go out in the world though, and you break some girl's heart, and you see her tears, and you see her win, and you're like, "Ooh, this! I did something wrong." Like, if you're in an open system, you can still learn, right? But you mm-hmm. learn, you learn to balance. But man, any, if you're in a closed system where there's either abuse or too much fluff, like too much just you know entitlement, you know, you're you're a, my golden boy. Those are those dangerous situations mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah you know that's why i feel like my growth as a human didn't really fully begin to flourish until i left home mm-hmm. and i got out up from underneath you know loving parents it was fine you know but that system you know that jesus this jesus that more I mean, on the closed side very yeah. very closed i mean yeah i'll have a funny story i'll tell you here in a minute but just very yeah very tight but you know when i left for college even though it was right into another more closed system of a bunch <laughs> right. of evangelicals mm. but it did you know but i had a job outside of that closed circle and so you're starting to get that yeah. feedback even though it's not verbal feedback but just feedback in You'll say something like, yeah, I mean, dinosaur bones are put here by the devil and have them go, what the fuck? <laughs> you're like, wait, that's not true. <laughs> you know? um, I think that's true. Yeah. I mean, I it'd, be like, it'd be like, you know, it, uh, awesome like story. anything, right? It, it, all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, that, that, like, that is weird. Or just like, say something about Adam and Eve or Noah's Ark and have someone go, that's a fucking piece. Like, you're like, oh, wait, what? Like. Right. There are people that don't believe that that's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what the dissonance that we need to grow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what gave me my feedback to start going, wait a minute. Am I believing the truth Mm -hmm. about myself or about God or about religion or about the Bible? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You went went towards questioning. You were secure enough to question versus saying, Hey, I don't even entertain your point of view. Mm-hmm. I'm right. I'm not going to listen to you. In fact, I'm going to judge you. I'm going to label you, make you a problem, make you an enemy oh. versus learn from you. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And even self-absorption, you know, that's, that's the hard thing for all of us. You don't have to be a narcissist to treat people that way. Right. You know. Well, you know, we're all self-absorbed. I mean, what, Definitely. I, I always say one of the failings of this world is we only see things through our own eyes. You know, right. I mean, you know, I can try and try and try to empathize with another person. And I do, you know, I have Buddhist teachings. So, you know, empathy is a big part of my daily meditation, you know, but like, no matter how hard I try, I'm always seeing things through my own filters, my own experiences, my own judgments, you know, and it's really hard to remember that, you know, Mm -hmm. I have to like sit down and write shit down to remember and be like, you know what? I'm seeing this my way. 
you know, mm-hmm. and that's, I mean, really that's hard as fuck, you know? Yeah. And, you know, with me though, it came down to, you know, there's two instruments that'll teach you to change and one is pain, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> you know, and, uh, pain's usually the one that hits us first, you know, the other is love and that's yes. a lot harder to come across. Dude, that's it. Cause it's not just like, wow, that's good. It's not just that's like it. love. Like <laughs> I met this girl and she's hot and I love her, you know, it's when you start projecting empathy out into the world, you know, and that, that's, that's brutal. Yeah. I mean, it really is, you know, because for a long time, I grew up, I grew up fifth of eight, smack oh. dab in the middle of a big family, right? the invisible child. My parents were fucking awesome, though. I don't, I don't want to, but, you know, I started building houses when I was like 12 for the family construction company, <laughs> you know, but it wasn't until I came across um, Buddhist, you know, Buddhist really helped me. I, I met them in California. I was working a big job out there. I was out there for a long, long, long time, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, they taught me like you need to expand your view. You need to view, picture the world where you might be wrong. You need to picture the world where you're useful. I mean, that was that was hard for me being a middle child. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we're forgotten. You mm-hmm. know, but yeah, you know, again, my parents were awesome parents, but there were eight of us. I have four. I couldn't fucking. Imagine. I want to. I want to go back though. I want to make sure. I think I got what you say, but but you said something really profound, he and just I said everything. Yeah. He did, and I want to make. And I don't want to skip over that because I. I feel like I got about a four out of the 10 scale of the aha or the impact of that. So you said the love or two things. One's the pain and the other's the love. I get the pain. And I just remember someone always saying, you know, there's a reason that there's a junkyard dog and that's because you don't go into the junkyard because you're just afraid you're going to get bit. I know that's not exactly what you're saying, but it's the idea that that pain is something that, that cautions us. And whether that's, I don't want to get hurt, so I'm not going to, to put myself yeah, we, out there and ask we'll for the girl's phone number. What? Yeah, I mean, but tell me, a pain. tell me about do. the love part of it. Love's fucking hard, dude. How is it different though than the pain? Okay, listen. You know, I just had a situation where an ex girlfriend that put me through a shit show. Timmy knows all about that. He'll tell you about it during the break. But <laughs> is this the shit? Or maybe we'll add that as bonus that, material, is folks. Someone that pours <laughs> champagne in your bourbon. No, no, oh. that was <laughs> maybe that was, still like her. that was horrible. But I, I this is a split that. personality girl. We'll <laughs> tell you later. Oh, the, the okay. fact of the matter is, different podcast. Her car broke down. I went and fixed it. Okay, I, I went and looked at it. All okay. right, all right. And like the thing is, spreading empathy out to people that you have no fucking reason to do it for mm-hmm. is fucking hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's hard. Love your enemies is kind of what it sounds like to me. Okay. No, it's keep it, going. It's beyond that, you know, because I've got a lot of Buddhist training. One thing I learned is I don't have any enemies. All right. Most people out there want to be good people. Yeah. Know? I mean, most people think they're good people. I'm yet to meet someone who I'm like, hey, how you doing? You know, why don't we hang out and talk and all that stuff? And they're like, no, you know, I'm a total fucking asshole. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's something I had to incorporate into like my beliefs is, most people want to be good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And then the other thing I had to realize is most people got no fucking idea what good looks like to me or to them. Okay. They might have a good idea what they looks like to them. You know, and they're trying to live to that ordeal, but it's not going to be the same ideal I have, you know? And so what I, what I need to realize is, you know, and this is why I really love Grant's uh, analogy of systems because mm-hmm. I'm a system dude. <laughs> I yeah. love the shit out of systems. You know, I have to incorporate their view of what's right and my view of what's right. And I mean, the unfortunate circumstance of that is oftentimes what I view as right gets overridden by what their view of right is, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I help people when their car is broke. 
you know, because I was a mechanic for a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, shit's hard out there. And if they need help with the car, I can help with the car, you know. Okay. But sometimes they misread that signal. And then I come off as a douchebag. <laughs> but, you know so I mean? so help me. So how so how is love that there's two things that help people change pain and love? You started with the car thing, but I'm still not making the connection. Fact of the matter is you do what's right. You do what's loving, whether you mm. feel right and loving to that person or not. You know, yeah. I mean, there comes a point in this life where you just got to say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to do whatever's helpful. Yeah. I'm wondering. Okay. That, you know, the thing that I like about that is, is. I'll tell you, Steve, I can resonate with, I'm trying to think if I have any enemies. I mean, there are definitely people that I, I'm, I'm not happy. I can with. list them. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've always wanted to be able to live my life where I can honestly, genuinely say, I don't hate anybody. Like I don't have a vile hatred right. towards anybody. Right. Even those that would be my enemy or even those that would say negative things about me. Yeah. Yes, it hurts my feelings. It makes me mad. It irritates me, but I refuse to then bash them as well. Yeah. When I yeah. could, well, right? Yeah. When I could. It's like it's like you could have said the girl that wanted to help with her car go, F you, I ain't helping you. You're a crazy whatever. Right. But no, you just said, you know what? I'm gonna help. You yeah, but help. The thing you gotta realize though is the reason the people that hurt your feelings are very valuable to you. Yeah. All right. Because there's a reason they hurt your feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. You know, I mean, again, I'm falling back to I see if you are a, a narcissist, no one can hurt your feelings because right. you don't. Yeah, care. I can think of right. it that way. Like so, so like pain and love, right? Mm-hmm. A person who can experience both and who has has that ability. They they develop somehow an, an ability for resilience. Like mm-hmm. if all I know is pain, right? All I'm going to do is protect myself. That's it. If all I know is love, all I'm going to do is have this inflated sense of ego. So we have to have both. The experience mm-hmm. of both helps us to be able to see ourselves and others and find that balance makes us yin and yang man right absolutely yin and yang (laughs) yeah i mean (laughs) (laughs) Um. so so we're we're back live um already yeah already so i I want to say something real quick i think that that i think that um you know grant you were saying earlier in the first episode that I had someone that I, that I love, you know, love me or something. And I was saying like, you know, even though my mom was a wonderful mother, I love her very much. I just remember that was a, that was impactful to me, but, and I'll give a little love to my, my good friend, Steve Janky here. And that is, (laughs) and, and I started thinking about, you know, of course, recency bias comes into play all the time about things, but you know, he and I, you know, he's been a wonderful mentor to me on the, on the options thing. But one of the things that Steve plays a part in my life in that role which can get a little hairy at times because money's on the line is that he always makes me feel like, like the end is never the end. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, dude, I'm, I'm $380 down here with four days left to go on expiration. Um, you know, I need your help. Okay. Um, well, we pulled that I, one off and he, pull, and he pulls it out, but what does he do? He, he gives me hope, right? Like, Steve is that that net at the bottom of of the balance beam or the tightrope that I know that that I fall into, you know, and and never and there's times when it's never just always a, you know, positive. He's like, just cut your losses on this one and move on. And I think maybe that was what I experienced when I was younger is that for whatever reason, I, I did my parents. I felt like my parents would always be there for me. I felt like friends I had would always be there for me. And I'm wondering if when it when it came time or it comes time for lance to branch out 
and and be emotionally vulnerable. I'm 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 willing to be like that because I know that that whatever trouble I feel like I'm in is not the end all trouble and and the hope is if I actually tell Steve that I'm in trouble and and the fact that he's always been there for me one way or the other, you know. And I'm wondering if that's what I felt when I was growing up maybe somehow. Well, you were vulnerable and then when you were vulnerable, you realized that you didn't die. Yes. Someone didn't kill you. Yes. And that's what we have to experience if we're not going to completely collapse on ourselves. Is we, we just have to have that experience of being in trouble, fearful, hurt, broken, and someone says, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And then we come to believe that they're there. Yeah. Wow. You don't have that. Wow. Or if you have the polar opposite, which is someone saying, you're perfect, there's nothing wrong. That's where the that's where the dysfunction. Develops. Yeah, we anyone who's suffered, you cried, you were comforted, you doubted, you were supported, you grieved, and you were held, you were comforted. Like that's how we get healthy. That's how we learn to not only trust other people, but trust that like I can I can be in trouble, and I and I'm okay. I can learn mm-hmm. from this. I can actually shape this. If it's not going to kill me, you know, I can learn from it. Yeah, yeah. I would like to point out, I never held. Lance wasn't a whole thing. Okay, guys. But you know what fine. It was his, me. You held his, <laughs> <laughs> you held his bat. Maybe you held, it, held his battery. <laughs> However, well, here's the, the thing. The dude, thing I'd like to say real really quick, good. though, say. since Lance brought it up, I would like to say one thing that's really that is delicious. Whip. It's really it's good. Really it's 21. Yeah, it is. Thank you, Allison. <laughs> but, Shockingly um, good. Yeah, yeah Bushmills. What is it? Bushmills. Are they our sponsor today? Sponsored, ladies and gentlemen. Today we're sponsored by Bushmills. I wish we were sponsored. <laughs> I wish by we were. Please send, us a, please send us a sample pack. <laughs> send us a sniper. Now listen, bourbon can grow up in a completely closed system, and it makes it awesome. Oh, <laughs> yeah, people not so much. Yeah, one thing I do want to touch on real quick, since Lance brought up like you know him, him and I doing degenerate option trades, you know, <laughs> is one, one thing I learned through trading financial markets really is a lot of times I need to look at like emotional capital the same way I look at financial capital. Mm, yeah, this is good. Interesting. You know, I mean, Go there, on. there's two ways I deploy financial capital. Okay. One is I want to generate revenue, grow my account and either pay bills or I want to grow my account. Right. right. The other is I want to grow the core positions in my account so that I can generate more revenue later. Mm hmm. You know, I mean, one thing like, you know, Lance has been dealing with is a lot of red days. (laughs) (laughs) You're not talking about menstruation either. No, we're not. (laughs) Although they've been bleeding pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, whenever I see the red days, I see a buying opportunity because I can buy more shares. I can sell calls against later. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm an option seller, not an option buyer. Lance is still kind of a degenerate. (laughs) Lance is, I'm not sure uh, what I am. Lance's problem is is he has success on one thing. And then I think that was fun. I'm going to do it again. And the second time never turns out like the first. (laughs) Sorry, we are detracting from your, your profound comment here. Oh God, it's not going to be too. Well, well, but the thing is we only have so much emotional capital to invest, you know, and the longest term investments have always returned the best to me. Didn't always return cash. Right. Mm. All right. I mean, like, you know, uh, Lance is familiar with my strategy. I like to sell up more options than I buy. Mm -hmm. All right. So when my account's bleeding 
like I'm like sharpening my knives. I'm like, we're going to buy more core shares. We're going to sell more options against them. You know, and honestly, it was the Buddhists that taught me to look at emotional capital the same way that I look at um, investment capital, cash. Right. right. And this is exactly the reason, one of the main reasons, I, sh- I mean, it was a significant reason why I wanted to get into trading was because of the self-growth that I knew trading would would press upon me to do. Learning yeah. how to you know manage risk, learning how to control yeah, your, emotions, your emotions, emotions, all of it. Knowing when to you know read candlestick charts and realize that just because it's red and coming down doesn't mean like panic sell because it may stop and go. Right. I mean, just there's so many life lessons that you learn from from stock trading, and that was one of the things. And I told Michelle this early on when I get into it. I said I have an interest in it because there's a a, a broad reasons why, but yeah, one yeah. of the main ones was because. I knew it would help me grow personally by by doing it because there's so many things at stake there that happens in real life. Well, and the thing is, you know, and once once you get past buying Vuzi options every fucking week, <laughs> you'll learn. You always go back to the one that pays, baby. <laughs> well, go, I mean, back you'll to- learn. You'll learn when everything is going to shit. All right. When everything's fucking, you know, like say you're, say you're trading stocks and everything's red. Mm-hmm. All right. Which for the people out there that don't know, red is really fucking bad. We don't like shit to be red. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is the prime time to grow the core of your fucking account. Mm-hmm. All right. When and, and emotionally, it's the same way. All right. When I'm in the max fucking pain. That is a time where I'm going to look and I'm going to say, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I'll, I'll get vulnerable for a second here. Mm-hmm. All right. When I got divorced, my wife told me it was none of my fucking business why we're getting divorced. And that was really fucking hard for me to accept because I like systems. I like logic. I like people to make fucking sense. I like you want to know why. I want to know why. So I went to the fucking counselor. All Mm -hmm. right. Because I didn't know why a counselor was going to know better than I did. Mm -hmm. All right. And, uh, you know, I was in a lot of fucking pain because the Buddhists had taught me that anger was not a fucking acceptable fucking response. And that was the only one that I fucking had. <laughs> That's one of, the few, one of the very few shortfalls in Buddhism. <laughs> so I learned. I learned. I had to stop. I had to learn. I had to learn. I had to learn that emotionally I was a fucking two-year-old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, emotionally, I was a two-year-old. I could say... I could say really good things about other people. I could not say when they hurt me, you know, and that that's not like I was too good and I accepted what they were. I, it was, I denied crucial information, you know, it's hard to be vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't like being vulnerable. Okay. I didn't like being vulnerable. Now I'm, you know, a little bit fucking over it. (laughs) We did did the the work. Yeah. I did the work. I did the work, you know? And, you know, I mean, the thing is when it comes to seeing our own faults, you know, God, it's fucking hard, isn't it? It you is. Know? It is. I, I mean, but is. but isn't the isn't the Grant? This will resonate with you, and I. There's you know probably some therapist way of saying it, but but one of the beauties of being human is being seen and known. And for me, when when someone just comes up to me and is like, "Oh, we know Lance," like, "Oh, questions." Oh, he asks lots of questions, like they say it in jest. But I'm like, it makes me feel good because. Yeah. I oh, love absolutely. the fact that I'm curious and it's the fact that they know me and they've seen me. Right. And it's like, this is who Lance is. And oh, so yeah, yeah, even yeah. though like Lance gets teased a lot about little things of that, I never take it as kind of a, a negative. Yeah. I take it as this fact that they love me and they, yeah. they like this fact about me and they tease me about it. Right. You know, yeah. and so, yeah, and we, it's, we and get... it's being seen and known that it's like when you're more vulnerable, the more they can know you and the more they can see you. And that just, 
in the end is awesome. Yeah. Your awareness of being loved yeah, is greater than your fear of being criticized. Yes. Yes. They love me more than this isn't a hateful. They're not doing something hateful because my attachment to them says they know me. Yes. Attachments, everything. Yes. Every person, every culture, every age, all through the life cycle is asking who knows me, who sees me, who's there for me, who do I reach for when the lights go out? And how, so how, okay, so this is where I get a little maybe selfish. I, I, I wanted that in both of my marriages. It wasn't until I got into my marriage with Michelle and, and the second one wasn't fair because I just, I wasn't emote. I, I was in a weird place, right? I learned more coming out of that than I did, but, but I finally found it. How, how, how do you, to me, that's what I want to transmit to my kids. Yes. You're going to find the things that you love the food and going out and, but how do you find someone that, that, that sees you and and you can be vulnerable with them and they're willing just to, to, to kind of lap it up, you know, because they want to know you like that to me is the beauty of that. And that's what I've always said to you many times that I have with Michelle is I have this emotional confidence that I know I can go to her with anything and I'll get this, you know, just a reception that I, that I'm still love. How do you know that? Are you asking me that? Because yeah. I've done it. You did it. You chose to be vulnerable and you experienced her loving you yes that's the only way to know yes like okay can i float an idea real quick though yeah yeah float man all right and I, i'm gonna <laughs> openly fucking admit i'm kind of a douchebag <laughs> who here is not a douche <laughs> right right lance is a good guy right keep going keep going i know your humor here is trying to take away from this problem. i'm not gonna allow you to get off the hook yes yes my, unzip my that hard and let's see what in. we got <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, I can openly admit I'm a douchebag to most people, and they understand. Why? I, yeah, keep going. At, okay, at what point do we stop thinking that we need to be perfect while the rest of the world is flawed? Well, how are you describing? Define douchebag real quick. Good, good question. Yeah, because Jesus I can. Christ, if you've not been in our group text. But, <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, I'll, I'll I can tell, you tell right you're now. saying something profound, but you're yes, using yes, a yes, term yes, that's yes, ambiguous. It is an ambiguous term. It's a great I, word. Though. It's douche a fucking bag. wonderful word. I like the I love word. that fucking term. I prefer yeah. douche canoe, but <laughs> <laughs> you see, I've learned as soon as I, I like say too. <laughs> as soon as I say douchebag, expectations drop to the fucking. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Say so what do but you no, mean by douche? Yes. No, I mean as a real, I'm a good guy. All right. I, I am a good guy. All right. Yes. I, That's I, how I really, perceive you. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, the fact of the matter is, I said earlier, most people think they're good people, you know, and that that's the rule, you know. But like, you know, I. I, I get. um Good Lord, we're about to get tr in trouble with the girl I just started seeing. Whoa, <laughs> shit. Listen, this podcast has fucked up a little bit on my day. Oh, I'm life, sure. By the way, okay, yeah, it gets me I all kinds of girl, brownie points in my marriage, I, dude, but it's I, the opposite I, for you guys. I had one girl go, "Hey, I listen to your podcast," and so I can't go out with you anymore. Okay. <laughs> I Real didn't quick, realize. we're gonna explain cuddle buddies. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I never said we were exclusive. Right. We've only had coffee. I feel way better now about not being in that scene. Oh, yes. Don't worry, Grant. I mean, you're coming. On the hold show. on. Janky has not <laughs> made his point. Today, we got by the way. Go ahead, Janky has not made his point, we'll and I want to get to know Steve Janky better. Oh, you said you said <laughs> people know me as a douchebag, and you were making the connection between somehow as 
you like to be seen as a douchebag because it's almost like people know you that way. Yeah. Help like, me make what? That's, okay. Okay. First night I met you, what did I do? You gave me that little. Uh, yeah, I gave you a credit card with the size pick. deal with a bunch <laughs> yeah. of lockpicks yes. on it. Said gentlemen, yeah, yes. Oh, I, I like the expectation on the hockey. I got floor. the same thing. Yeah, I know. Isn't that great? I see. It what is day. it like? This is okay. I'm going to go a little deeper. What is it about? I don't like the term, but I'll just say because you used it. What is it about the narrative that you like to identify yourself as a douchebag, degenerate, whatever it is? There's something about oh. you. That's telling you that that's that's the card, the is story that, that you're one. Is that a way you protect yourself? Yes, it, is. it definitely is. Yes, why? Drops expectations why? all the way to the floor. <laughs> what happened two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? I, I fired all the cuddle buddies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> but now the pin plate, the pay plane's full again. <laughs> He got rid of all the toys. He took all the cattle down to the sales farm. <laughs> Unfortunately, you bought a bunch on the backside. But, so, but, 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 you fired I mean, them all. Yeah, you know, I mean, the thing is, I finally had to admit, like, the cuddle buddy formula was not sustainable. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, wait, you're my Tuesday I cuddle. No, wait, I'm Wednesday is. cuddle. That's another no, no, podcast. No, no, no. I mean, that's that's yes. a, no, no, real cuddle quick, buddies. real quick, real quick. Real quick. Okay, I mean, like maybe that's the name of the podcast. I don't buddies. think you know. I don't think Grant knows, but we did not sleep with the cuddle buddies. That's right. Yeah, right. I wouldn't. Yeah. I would assume that. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Douchebag's ambiguous, but cuddle either. buddy is not. There's two kinds of buddies. There's you know what? I found out. Buddies. Yes. Yes. I found out. My cuddle buddy. buddy is not ambiguous. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. right. But we fired all the cuddle buddies. You know yes. why? You know why? I mean, you guys know me. I'm a good guy. Not because you're a douchebag. Yeah, right. I am a douchebag. But, you know, I, I am a good guy. But, yes. I mean, the fact of the matter is people are getting hurt. Oh, why? Until he couldn't do huh? it. They well, found what? out there was more than just them as the cuddle buddy. Okay. So they were. So <laughs> I thought security... it was just Lance, but it's Grant, too. <laughs> so they're, what, so the... they're, what, what hurt them? Like, did they think they were the only one? Were they threatened by... The ambiguity. No, I was very like open with work. Okay, it. here's the thing. Everybody says they want open communication, mm -hmm. right? Like open relationship. I am no, no, no. Open communication. Okay, not open relationship. Meaning, no, like, nobody. let me know where I stand in your life. Yeah, I am okay. yeah. yet to meet someone that says I want an open relationship. Okay, right. All right. I mean, maybe <laughs> right. they're out there. I haven't right. met them yet. I know a lot right? of people but, that want that, but then they don't actually cash those chips. Right. Right. But, but yeah. everybody says they want open communication. Okay. Right. 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 I mean, because that's like a sexy fucking trendy word, right? All right, cuddle buddies said they want open communication. All right, and I was like, listen, we have a good time, we hang out, we make dinner, we cuddle and watch a Fred Astaire movie, and you know, go find an open communication buddy if that's yeah, what you want. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm but that's not, but that, but see, you're mistaken though. The fact that they they say they wanted open communication, but what they were really asking for is, I want you to deter define where I set in your landscape of people and when and you Lance said just hit it on the fucking head yeah and when I, they found out that they weren't as significant as they thought they were in your life that's what they didn't like yeah and i had yeah. to finally realize all right and this is what what going outside of yourself and realizing where steve Jenkins a fucking douchebag is is you know no matter how much i said this is the role you're yeah. assuming in my life they were gonna assume a different fucking role but let me yes. challenge you though no, and don't i don't challenge and i don't know it that it doesn't matter because all that matters me, is people got hurt well but my point is though and my challenge is and i don't know this at all but i also know how i acted whenever i dated i loved it when i played the card and the throttle was pedal to the metal 
and I went full blast because I wanted them to get hooked because that made me feel good. Okay, but you, then I made the decision at the end that maybe they weren't the one that I thought they were. And so I led them down a path and that turned out not to where, you know, you see where I'm going and I'm at yes, the challenge yes, yes, I'm saying yes, is, yes, yes. is possibly are you then getting yourself in these quandaries? And then at the end you cut them out of the, you kind of see where I'm mm -hmm. going. Okay. Let me, it's let like me. you bring someone in for four interviews and then you say, by the way, we're going to go with someone else. It's like, wow, that was a lot of freaking interviews to yes. not get hired. Yeah. Okay, real quick, you might be right. <laughs> well, I just yeah, want to know. No. You know I love you, so I'm not picking they, on you or anything. No, no, I really yeah. – I, Lance Were is they like clear on what Cuddle Buddy meant to you? Okay, I was very clear okay. on what Cuddle Buddy meant to me. Okay, so you may have been. But, but me being clear and me realizing what they expected so there's are a, two so, different right? fucking things, so right? Everyone, right. So those two people – Cuddle buddies. There's a self. They each have Two. self, like self responsibility. I mean, yeah, you yeah, plus whatever. Yeah. Cuddle buddy. No, 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 no. Wait, wait. Let's let. So there's. The other, wait, 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 wait. Real quick. My Buddhist teaching teaches. Me, uh huh. Okay. Cut the other people out of the equation. Yeah, but therapy doesn't say that. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, whoa you lost Buddha. me there. What do you mean, Buddhist teach? Cut the, the people out of the equation. What? Well, it's Dude, all about self-reflection. Self -responsibility. Oh, oh, I see. Just, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Do the actions I I got do you. you're saying cause harm or good? Right. Okay. You're saying, to the best of my knowledge, I was clear about what cuddle buddy meant. Yeah, I was mm. always completely transparent, right. but okay. it turned so, into a fucking mess. And you, you, that's your reality. I was transparent, right? Yeah. This other person has a self-responsibility, right, to themselves, somewhat to you, but to themselves. If they wrote an emotional check, they couldn't cash. Like if no, no, if no, they no, no, no. if they if they said yes, I'm fine with Cuddle Buddy, and that's it. But then their heart right. got caught up in. Wait it. a right. second. Wait a second. Right. Let's back up real quick. What happened when you tried to buy cryptocurrency <laughs> with margin tonight? They said, "Don't do it, or we're going to cut you loose." You see that? Mm, you, I don't know. <laughs> I think I think now we know why Steve's got himself in a cuddle buddy problem. <laughs> We're cuddle buddies, right? Yes, Maria. But what happened when you tried to buy Bitcoin on Robinhood? I'm just uh, saying this. Maybe you were clear. Maybe you weren't. Who knows? No, right? what I, what, but what I got to say real quick. No, as clear as I can be, uh -huh. if the actions that I do predictably cause people harm. Yeah, but we would never... If you could predictably not cause harm, you wouldn't do it. You did yeah, the best you, did, you could. You, yeah, right. So the, the relationships are hard, right? Yes. You were. You, I like you're this just. Dude. You're just saying. That, <laughs> yeah. You're just saying that you were clear about your boundaries. Here's what cuddle buddy means. Here's what I can offer. So then it's it's their responsibility to themselves to be honest with the hardest thing. The hardest thing is to be honest with ourselves. Yes. Right. Mm, that's what if we're she, talking I'm about. I'm assuming she. Mm -hmm. right? You see, here's the, so right. here's the big Wait. question. Here's the big question. If if she heard that from you and still wanted an emotionally intimate connection, right. that's on her. Yeah. She was writing a check to herself that she couldn't cash. Right. She didn't have right. the right. Now, if you were to say, this is just platonic cuddling, but then you started to be vulnerable and you started mm -hmm. to like offer your Well, now mm -hmm. you're changing the game. Okay. okay right. Okay. Okay. Right. But, but, but. Real quick. All right. Don't go back to cryptocurrency. Steve's I'm like, I'm always yeah. the guy who doesn't talk as much. Why am I the sole highlight of this session? Awesome. I like it, man. Me and it's Grant, good. we're going to fucking dub this out all night. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, the thing is, real quick, though. All right. 
once I see a pattern of repeated behavior, all I can expect is that repeated behavior is going to be repeated. Okay, what did you see then? What was mm -hmm. the repeated, in this case, in Cuddle Buddy Land, what was the repeated <laughs> behavior that you saw? It blew up, I think, in his face. Oh, good Lord. I feel like I should explain Cuddle Buddies real quick. We cook dinner. We watch a movie. Well, there, we, let me say wait, this. Wait, wait, wait. Is it Cuddle Buddy or Fuck Buddy? I do difference. not fuck it's, it's Cuddle Buddy. It's Cuddle But buddy. here's the thing. To a woman, to a woman, Cuddle Buddy is a very intimate thing. Careful. And, because... No? Probably for men too. Hey, wait, wait. Well, I agree. Yes. Yes. yes, I agree. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's more probably women. an intimate moment. If you right. would have taken me to the back bedroom and just knocked one out, <laughs> I would have thought. I would have thought. You know, I realized what that was all about. It was a one night stand. But the fact that you call me up every Tuesday and we cuddle together, yeah. Yeah. and you've been a little emotional. And by the way. You asked me over on Saturday night, and it wasn't just burgers on the grill. It was rack of lamb with a chosen red right. wine that you – Steve, am I talking your language? Yeah, you may be texting a little. Then she hey. might be thinking she, – she, she might be thinking, whoa. And here's what I – and again, this isn't about this isn't about your specific situation. Yeah, what, I hear Grant, what I hear Grant saying is – and this is, this is what I'm picking up – is that even though both the language, the words that are being exchanged between are being they cuddle buddy is cuddle buddy, they're defining them differently. And so it's just like it's similar with uh, Mormons or some of the like we use the same words, Jesus and all this, but they mean very different things yes, to them. Yes. And so we think that we're having the same theological conversation and we're not. They think that they're having the same emotional ch exchange of words here. But the words that are being used are defined internally much different in both parties than they've realized. Yes. Real like, quick. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, yeah. I, I really like talking to Grant about this. Okay. So good. Real quick. What? Because <laughs> my sister tells me I'm an asshole. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> you're not an asshole. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, I, I really like this because, I mean, the thing is, I mean, this is this is where it all breaks out. You, you know, I mean, because the relationships. All right. Like I'm investing in different emotional Capital in the Coba. Yep. Then I did into. Oh God, it's that's one of those cuddle bunnies. <laughs> nope, we fired all the cuddle. Bunnies. Then what? Then what? You're investing. Then I would into a real relationship, and I mean, I, I think I texted both Timmy. You mean and you mean you would ago. go deeper in a real relationship? No, no. You're investing more in cuddle buddies than you would in a real relationship. No. What I mean, am I missing here? No, they were they were a stop loss. How many cuddle buddies are we talking yeah, about? Oh, interesting. I fired all the cuddle What were they a stop many, loss to? Four? What were they a stop loss to? You being in a real relationship and having to be real vulnerable with one person? Yeah, and that's where I was being a douchebag. I'm saying if you wow. did there's okay, there's a bait and switch, right? Where if I say, I want to be cuddle buddies with you, here's what it means. We eat, we watch Fred Astaire, we cuddle. I don't even get a boner because we're just cuddling, right? Right. Right. If Timmy's like, I got no cuddle anything, My God, if, cuddle if you do, if you do, any, if, <laughs> keep going, saying, keep going. If you then do something different than that, right? Like, or, like, like, well, if you begin to like foster emotional intimacy, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or progressive, exactly, or progressive exactly. sexual intimacy, you're changing the game now. Right mm -hmm. now, if you stick to your guns and if you're being that cuddle buddy that you said you would be, if she starts to, 
distort her belief about what that is, or she starts to think that's going to be something different. Maybe we'll connect. Like if she's entertaining this notion that we'll start as cuddle buddies, but eventually I want to get into his heart. Yeah. Jesus, right. Yeah. Talk to now oh, she's yeah. now like she's responsible to herself at that point. But she's not. Well, what's interesting that you're saying is that before they even walked in the door, both of them had ideas of what their goal was at the time. Steve was, Right. cuddle and be have a friend over but right. keep her at bay her idea was come over and cuddle to get deeper into the relationship well, it with could him have been, it could have I'm really so been, been single after this it could have actually <laughs> she, she could have she could have come in clear as a bell in her own mind saying i want that too i just want to cuddle but like it's just like jurassic park life finds a way intimacy yeah. finds a way emotion yeah. finds a way <laughs> humans bond not it's it's really hard to bond just sexually like we want to do the whole thing. Like I have couples all the time who come in like, well, we've been having troubles in our marriage and we've decided that the answer to that is an open relationship. And then we love this idea. We both have, we have each other to have family and we have this freedom. We're giving each other this loving freedom to branch out. <laughs> and I say to them, I say, listen, that's really uh, brave. Like that shows a lot of security. Okay, okay, okay. And how many times has that worked? Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what he's getting at. It, it, it rarely works. It rarely works because the good intention behind it, that mm -hmm. we have this really developed sense of freedom with each other. We we love each other by giving each other this freedom. Like it's a check often that they can't cash because they find that the emotional attachments that happen, they pull oh, right, they pull it. in different directions and they can't yeah, sustain it without fear. Hard hits. So, like, someone's gonna get hurt. <laughs> right. Somebody's gonna get hurt. So the cuddle buddy. She's going to get hurt if she's not really honest with herself about what she's expecting. Yeah. And, and, and is, you don't always know at the beginning. No, no, you no, don't no, always no, no. know. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Let's back up. We said I don't always know. You don't. We, what do you mean? You you don't, don't, know you don't even stand. know. Like you don't. You can say to her. <laughs> okay, okay. Dead, dead center. You can say I just want cuddle buddy. Here's you, what you got to realize. You don't even know what your heart's going to Here's what you got to realize. Yeah, How long have you been single? I'm not single yet. Yeah. Technically. I've been single for fuck a minute. But, yeah. Um, months. I do know. Months. I, years. Okay. I do know. Uh -huh. What do you I know? Do know? What do you know, though? I do know if I have a cuddle buddy. All right. And I just want a cuddle buddy. And I say I just want a cuddle buddy. All right. I'm going to fucking hurt him. Why? Why? You know this right now. Why? Because they're going to want more. Okay. okay. But is that you hurting them? No. It, wait, 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 wait. It doesn't matter if they want. No, more, no, 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 no. This is me looking outside myself. If they want myself, more than no, cuddling and they come to you who has only said, I only want to cuddle. Who's because oh, this whole podcast is about finding fault, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. And here's where my fault <laughs> Whose is. Whose fault is it? It's my fault. Hmm? It's See, a predictable I, I pattern of behavior. Okay. I can say, okay, Lance, when you start trading options, did you not get a memorandum from Robin Hood and then uh, Thinkorswim? I think that's the other platform you're on. Mm -hmm. This said trading options has high risk. Yes. Did you still not get mad when you lost $380 yes. on yes. fucking Tesla puts? Yes. All okay, right? so let me see if I can translate where you're going. You have a self-responsibility to yourself. If you keep telling women that I just want to cuddle, buddy, and time and time again, if they keep turning into not cuddle buddy, they want more, 
You say go if read that, the user agreement that, that you signed. Yes, yes, right. yes. If that keeps happening to you, then yes, you're responsible to. Yeah, but it's a bad way. example because you right. know no one reads the user agreement. I give them the card, right? but they don't read <laughs> it are, though. There they, are women. There are women. There are. There's definitely women who are capable of just being a cuddle buddy. This but is no, where no, no, no. But at some point, I have a responsibility to step outside myself and look at what the predictable pattern of behavior is. Yes. Because right? you. you're a systems guy, I'm a systems guy. Uh -huh. All right? At some point, I have a responsibility to step outside myself and say, here's where I'm right. being a All fucking All the way bag. through, you have that right. responsibility. But, right. it, but don't label it as douchebag. That's not a douchebag thing. That's just I label like, everything I as douchebag. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's a douchebag either. <laughs> That's actually smart. You're being very smart. You're actually protecting more women than you're hurting. Mm -hmm. And that's important to me. I have five sisters. You know, yeah, yeah. Mm. you're a good dude. Yeah, I'll talk yeah, about right, let's do it. And five we stars. are live, live in back. Kansas City on the Country Club Plaza. Steve Janky's off the operating <laughs> table. We've shown him back up now. <laughs> Janky's all fixed. <laughs> So I want to I want to actually talk about here for the next few minutes before Lance has to go, my co-host, and then it'll just be us Don't three go, dudes. Um, <laughs> so something actually Steve mentioned is that I do think that it's critically important that no matter what you believe, that you have that little mm -hmm. percentage of I could be wrong. Yeah, like like to be like if you believe the earth is flat, like if you're some crazy person who believes the earth is flat. Or a QAnon, or just whatever crazy things out there. Yeah, QAnon's pretty crazy. It is crazy. You need to be able to say, "I believe this, but I could be wrong." Like yeah. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Okay, that's what I was raised to believe, but I, that could be wrong. That might not be the way the world works. I okay. think what you're saying is, is you're not describing. Uh, an intellectual issue you're describing what you're asking for people is something psychological what i mean by that is don't think that you know it's one thing if you think you know everything intellectually that's fine and dandy but what you're what you're saying is is that in order for for people to be in a good place they've got to psychologically always know that that there's another side to the story that there's always another 10 percent of buffer or or margin that needs to happen that I guess I'm just trying to think it's like, as you were saying, like somebody might think they're a very attractive person because they've had a lot of success with people that are attracted to them, but they also psychologically ought to know that there's going to be some people that aren't attracted to them. Right. And you know what I mean? And so that's why I say like, if you can get that kind of cognitive default, that it's like, there's another side to almost everything that you believe positively about your there, people love Lance Strickland, but Lance Strickland can be a handful in a lot of times and it doesn't work out for everyone. Sure. And I'm intense, <laughs> yeah. but it doesn't work out for people that, cause I'm too much too sure. all the time. And You're so as much as an, yeah. it can be an asset, I also realize the way that I'm wired can be a burden to some people. Yeah. And if you don't psychologically have that built into you, you're going to run yourself into the ditch a lot. hundred percent. And others. Think, yeah. yeah. Yes. I, I think that it's, it, yes. I think, for example, I had in a conversation with somebody the other day and they said, do you think, you know, is there a heaven? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, one, we don't know. Right. But I've talked to some people who know it's a fact. The Bible says mm -hmm. it's like, okay. <laughs> so why did you ask me if there heaven? You should just come up and said, tell you there is a heaven. You already knew. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like you think there is. And so right. to you, there right. is. Right. But, too many times I have conversations with people that 
heaven is a fact to them. It's there's no room for maybe it's maybe there's something different, you know, mm -hmm. like reincarnation. No, that's absolutely not right. Well, maybe like yeah. maybe yeah. it's that way yeah. and not this way that yes. I've been trained. Right. Maybe Democrats do know some stuff or if right. you're on the other side, maybe yeah. Republicans might know something rather than no, absolutely not. No right. way. No. It, and I think it goes back to being able to even look in the mirror and I've had conversations. I had a woman say this to me. This is several, several months ago. She says, why, you know, I know I'm a really attractive person. And that was just kind of in her. Yeah. And in my mind, I was like, you're attractive. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, and I, I didn't, I didn't tell her right. that, but right. in my mind, I'm thinking, you think you're attractive, right? Huh? Interesting because yeah. I don't find you at all attractive, right. but you right. look in the mirror. I mean, you're seeing the same thing I'm seeing, yeah, but through your her. eyes, yeah. you're attractive. Yeah. Which on one hand, what Grant was affirming is I have always taught everybody's beautiful mm -hmm. to somebody, maybe not me, but to somebody. And I had this recent discussion with Grant because we're in the matchmaking service. Mm -hmm. and, you know, you meet with someone and they say, this is what I like. I like this, 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 and this, and I want someone attractive. And so then you show them what you think is attractive and they agree or don't agree or whatever. But then they say, well, I find this person attractive. And you're like, oh, so for me, I'm like, okay, you know what? How about this? Do you, were you married before? Yes. Married twice. Let me see a picture of your ex. <laughs> and when they showed me the picture of their ex, I'm like, oh, I don't find your ex attractive at all, mm -hmm. but you do. Mm -hmm. That okay. helps me then go, ah, he'll find this one attractive. Now I don't, mm -hmm. but he will. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like yeah. all of a sudden you're aware of, oh, what I'm seeing is not what the right. other person is seeing. There is no default attractiveness. So stop playing like there is. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, there only, is no we all have our own default. subjective reality that we live in. That's just it. Okay. Right. okay now, if she, okay. If she really be... believes she's attractive, more power to her. Absolutely. Yeah. If she's saying that to cover up a load of insecurities, then she's not helping herself. Right. She's lying to herself and she'll tell other people she's confident about who she is, but she's not. That's the tragedy. That so, how do you, so let me understand this, guys. I guess in my mind, it's it's important to understand. I don't know what the other part of this. There's facts and there's something. It's not opinions, I guess, because objective, attractive, subjective, or objective? because of, because no. attractiveness is not a fact. Right. right. No, no, it, no, I mean, not. the concept is right, but you can't just. I mean, even all of us, right? Like you could put a a thin girl, a you know, all different body types, like. You're growing up. I remember thinking, like, you know, it was like, you know, there's the the hottest girl in school, and it's like, it's just a dumb question when you because there's people, they're complete people look completely different, and they're all eights out of your on your ten right. scale, right? And they all look completely different. And right. I have the beholder, right? And so, I guess in my mind, it's important to understand what are facts and what are maybe subjective yeah. facts. I don't, I don't know because the problem is, is when you get those two confused. I'm attractive. That means a fact. That means that everybody thinks I'm attractive. Right. And that's I not right. Is attractive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, even that, I mean, think of not just. But not you just, can't just define cuddle buddy to bring it back right. to DJ. He right. thinks he's off the hook and he's over there like, oh, <laughs> I love this part of the show. Finally, we're done with the second session. No, Steve, we're back. <laughs> no, okay, no, but I mean, back to really, honestly, so 
I think so-and-so is attractive, but this also, I think, goes to a deeper level. What I, what I think about myself. Great point. So I think I'm smart. I'm attractive. Yeah. I'm healthy. Yes. I'm whole. Yes. I'm well balanced. I'm emotionally mature. Yes. I wish I was all these Gibson things. Well, <laughs> what I'm saying is like, that's my view of myself, but what is the view from someone else? Yes. And that's where I think the true growth can happen where I can think I'm right in my views. I'm right in my perspective. I'm right in my, but where whatever. we get that psychologically effed up is where I care about you believe in all that about yourself is healthy. Right. But the moment that you need Grant to validate that for you, That's it becomes where a problem. That's fucked up yes. because okay, someone just I, told me this the other day yeah, and, really and Steve talked. So I had someone say this. They go, what someone else's opinion of you is none of your business. Absolutely. Else is, so I, I'm pretty sure I'm, I said that. If too. I think I'm like that girl <laughs> I talked to, I think I'm beautiful. I think I'm whatever. <laughs> to an extent. Right. Oh, and I want Grant to talk about yeah. this because then for me, it's like, well, I think. I'm happy with the way I look, yes. the way I feel, yeah. the way whatever. But is that true for everybody's view of me? Right? Right. And, but then it comes to a point where you go, you know what? I can't control what Grant thinks about me or what Lance thinks about me. And, and mm -hmm. I'm like everybody. I try to surround myself with people that look mm -hmm. like me, you know? Yeah. But I also am very open to feedback, especially from people that I feel like do know me. Yes. Like, like, do you think I'm a yes. narcissist? Because if I am fucking please tell me because i want to work myself out of that yeah um because i want that feedback but what were you gonna say yeah it touches on the so in psychology this concept the word the big word is is differentiation so uh murray mm. bowen right murray bowen family systems theory says that I like where you go differentiation it's the it's a person's ability to be in a healthy balanced true relationship with himself and to also be in that same balance with other people. Everything goes wrong if I'm only in a true relationship with myself, right? That's narcissism. Mm. Or if I can only depend on other people to inform me about who I am. So mm. a healthy person emotionally, mm -hmm. psychologically is able to do both. I'm good with me and I'm also open to this other, these other systems out here that are also will kind of, inf I can let that inform me about what might be true about me that I can't see. So we're looking to be differentiated. Any and so if you have this really, really healthy self-image and you choose to be in a in a vulnerable relationship with someone else, they may at some point say, part of who you are is scary to me or threatens me. Mm. You either say, I don't listen to that, like what you think about me is not my business. So mm -hmm. generally I, I I totally love that statement. But that that could also be the definition of a narcissist mm, in yes. a different context. Yeah. Right? If I'm in a trusting relationship with someone, I say, what you think about me is not my business. That doesn't work. Yeah, that's the that's the wait, interesting wait, wait, fine wait, wait, line. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to interject here. Yeah. I got to go. Okay, you got to go? Yeah. I wish oh, I my God. We're gonna Lance, has been, we're, gonna, going. we're so going to talk about you after this. <laughs> we're going to talk about you and Jessica. Keep going. Grant, <laughs> read, Lance. Love you, bro. I love, all I love, love you, man. Seriously, love you thanks for being on the show today. Lance, yeah. let's, let's cuddle. <laughs> Please send over a full user agreement cuddle buddy document, though, so I know it's explicitly and can be. Right. Hey, real quick, real I'll quick. I, I feel I'm like not, we're not making that I'm fun trying of to, me now. Not that I'm trying to. Hey, 
Hey guys, not that I'm trying to put you all on the spot, but can we do part? We're going to keep going even after Lance leaves. Yeah. Are you all available next Monday to do this again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm about to challenge fucking Grant. So. Steve's cuddle buddy playpen will be empty Steve's by that time after this. <laughs> yeah, I'll play yeah, on I it. I fired them okay. all, dude. All right, thanks, Lance. Okay, go ahead. Keep let's go. Keep so going. yeah, so so if um if I'm secure enough, right, I can look at my own shit and I can have even someone else give me feedback and I can grow and I can learn from that. That's differentiation. Yes. yes. Yeah, if like I'm that. unhealthy, if I'm one of those people where feedback threatens me, I can only be in my own little crucible of myself. And if I and then I say what you think about me doesn't matter, that's not healthy. Right. Now, where it's where that phrase becomes yes. healthy is for the person who internally is is vulnerable to criticism or is struggling with their self-image, or they're like they're way too dependent on what other people think of them. It's really healthy for them to say, yeah, what they think's not not my business. Like I'm good. I'm okay. So you depending on where we're where we're at on that spectrum of self-absorption. But di differentiation is the goal. I love that. I love the idea of I'm a self and within me I'm good and with others I'm good. Yeah. That's what we're all kind of working for. And that's man, I'll tell you, I, I've I've it, it just my personal life always been not always. Probably my last five-year journey has been very self-reflective. You know, I've really tried to look in the mirror to figure out, you know, who I am, what I am, you know, what I believe, what I'm made mm -hmm. of, you know. And so I've I've appreciated any any and all feedback, but there's definitely no doubt about it that I was raised, you know you're awesome. You're great. You know, I was constantly told this, um, to where, when you get out, you get out in the real world, you say, well, I'm not great at everything. Right. It's <laughs> you know? I mean, a not... big reckoning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's just that constant, that constant feedback that has caused me to, um, really try to take a, take a hard look in the mirror. See you buddy. Uh, take a hard look in the mirror because I, I value, um growth you know i don't it, it it's like um it's like someone going going through life with a with a booger in their nose you know i'm the kind of person and not saying because i'm i'm any better than anybody else it's just i i've always wanted to know if i have a booger in my nose yeah. please tell me i want to be aware of that so that i can either if i can't adjust and fix it i really want to um but then again, I don't want to be told I have a booger in my nose. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, like there's that, there's that flip. You know what, Timmy? I, I was about to say, at what point does your willingness to live as you want to live override your willingness to live with a booger in your nose? You know what I mean? Right. Ex thing, exactly. You know? yep. Being 6'5", I fear my whole life someone can see up my nose. Right. Holy I, shit. I do, You're 6'5"? You, let don't me tell you something. I don't respect it if I find one, and I know that people are too scared to tell me, but I feel horrible when they tell me. Right. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I'll uh, tell you what. Uh, so I get, I get shame either way. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, dude. The other week, I accidentally told a woman I was six foot two instead of five foot two i, I told her it's five foot two oh, that was funny two. that was <laughs> that is funny and she says i don't date short guys <laughs> i don't date short guys <laughs> and so, so, so i never into an entirely different fucking world so, <laughs> so i never heard about what you ended up saying to her i was like 
Wait, did you come back and say, "Listen, I made it. I'm I'm really six two. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know me better than that. <laughs> That's why I'm asking. What did you say? I play that shit out to its ridiculous fucking conclusion. <laughs> I was like, "What's your definition of taller men?" <laughs> taller than wait, taller than five two. Oh my god, five foot ten. That's apparently the threshold. Okay, so know? then, did you eventually tell her that you're six foot two? Fuck no, I didn't. <laughs> why not? Like, why not? That's important. Why didn't you? Huh? Well, Felix is out there. He's my fucking buddy. I'm standing up for my fucking shorter dudes. <laughs> And I, I, I got a friend in Parkville. And I... Okay, so even though you're six two, do you ever do, do you fear that you're not tall enough? Is no, I don't fear that I'm not tall enough. enough. You could have said you were like, dude, I made a legitimate mistake. Like, you know, I'm five foot two, but down there. I'm height wise, like, I'm six foot two inches tall. Like, why didn't you come back with that? Like, come back and just say. Well, that's what I came back with. I told him, I said, did she say, did she say taller or longer? You got to come back and say, baby, I got everything you need. I'm six two. I made, but I get it. Like, it's almost more awkward to come back and say, whoops, I actually am six two. I made a mistake. So so she's like, either you really are short or you have ADD. So you lose either way. You want to know the honest answer? Yes. Always. Yeah. I, you don't want to date a girl that judges short people. Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> I love it. But um, I don't typically entertain one serious prospect at a time. Yeah. Well, okay. If she was serious, I get that. She wasn't serious. So you had you had you had someone else on the on the burner. No, I don't have anyone on the burner. I don't understand your life then. <laughs> so, uh, Grant, I have a question for you because in your in your practice, because this is the, the you know the staying on on theme with the whole conversation tonight. Thank God he's bringing it back on top. The, the the have you had people come into your off? Um, well, I know you have. When people come into your office, let me ask it this way, mm-hmm. and you know the 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 wife thinks it's the husband and you know, the husband thinks it's the wife, right? They're both right. Right. How yes. do you help them bridge that gap to be able to honestly take some ownership in the condition of the relationship Yeah, where, where they really can own their part of it rather than just, well, I was just too nice or I was just right. too sweet or oh, I was just God. too forgiving, you know, rather than projecting their fault was that they were just too perfect rather than no, my fault was I was right. So I do two things. They're going to, even in the very first session, they're going to leave knowing that their problems are not because of one or the other of them. We're not going to find fault. We're not going to create an identified patient who's at fault. They're going to know that there's a, there is a sequence happening between us. That is the enemy That is the problem. It's this dance that we're in and we co-create the dance and we are each 100% responsible to change that dance. That's what they know. And then they're going to be practicing that. So it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, I mean, in marriage, like they're usually like it doesn't just break out 50 50. 
like there's always someone it's like 60 sure. 40 70 30 like someone's usually done more damage than the other but in helping them i like to get them out of that they've got to get out of that blame mentality right. it's her they've it's gotta him. Get, they got to get out of victim they got to get out of blame they've got to learn to validate each other and they've got to they've got to they've got to connect with their self-responsibility to change that pattern and they're each going to know clearly what they do to contribute to it then it's a question of can they practice the new way enough to get out of that and learn to validate soothe each other see each other and they either do or they don't so if 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 one or the other is unable to see their fault it's they it, won't change they won't, it, okay, it's not okay, going to okay, work okay. right therapy hopefully i hope to raise their consciousness about what they think is their fault or not right but ultimately at the end of the day if they really and, and this doesn't happen all the time but it does happen if there's if there's if narcissism is there no matter what i say no matter what their spouse says they will not be able to see themselves as culpable in anything so that that's the narcissist wait, 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 the wait. narcissist is unable to see that i'm right. culpable like there's i have a blame right. in this it's, even it's, now would you say this even in grant even in situations where there's abuse or um fair or especially when that's happening like they may even have deep down a reality that i'm at fault but it's too terrifying to them to acknowledge that so they yeah. protect it and that's still narcissism yeah in other words i cheated because of you right you made me cheat right. but even in the sense of if if a wife cheats on a husband the husband can't give her 100 percent of the blame absolutely not there yeah. is even and maybe that kind of situation maybe it's 90 10 whatever right. like it's an 80 20. you don't you don't jump into that right away because right in you know right in the at ground zero of an affair the partner that was cheated on you know has got is in a unique trauma and they have to have certain kinds of reassurance but eventually if that couple is going to stay together they both have to own responsibility like the partner that that was unfaithful has got to acknowledge why they did what they did they got to connect their dots and the the cup the partner who was cheated on has to be able to say here's what was happening in our marriage prior like the affair is a symptom right it there was something happening that created that symptom and both of them are responsible for it it's yeah hard. the person that, that had the really affair hard. isn't the only one no. guilty no they're just guilty yeah. of the affair but they're not, but the marriage, the relationship, something was suffering that they were both co-creating. Yeah. So, but I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, once you hit the point where you're talking about divorce, where I'm in Grant's office, I mean, it's on us to say, we're going to grow out of this. We're not right. Yeah. Couples either do it. Now, let me, this is important to say. Yes. If narcissism is happening, that is not okay. Let's say there's a couple where they're dealing with infidelity, right? They can heal from that, right? If they learn to do certain things. If 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 one of those people is a narcissist, like if you're listening and you're in a relationship with a narcissist, you don't have normal relational problems. Right. Even infidelity, unfaithfulness. If narcissism is a part of that, you're not just dealing with unfaithfulness, you're dealing with an abusive cycle.
like if you're in a relationship with a narcissist, there's no therapy, there's no communication work you're going to do. There's no knowing yourself or taking better care of yourself. None of that's you're in a different arena. None of that you're, matters. You're in an abusive cycle and the only way to get out is to get out. Yeah. And you get out when you're ready and you're willing and you're able to get out. And so I make sure to tell people and I never like saying it, but it's like, yeah, once I hear those pieces fall into place, it's like, no, therapy is not going to be individual therapy will help you. But yeah. the relate the relationship is a that's game over. Yeah. You got to mm -hmm. get out of the abusive side. They're not normal problems. Yeah. And sometimes you don't always know. Sometimes yeah. it takes a couple. They work and. Man, it's like for some reason something's stuck. Like they should have been changing. They're not. Sometimes, especially the covert narcissism, it takes a long time to see it, even for yeah. therapists, right? So it's brutal. But once once that comes to light, marriage, that relationship's not going to survive. I yeah. just and that's that. you know what I've just in my dating life. Let's just say, in my dating life over the last two years, <laughs> some relationships are healthy. I, you know, I'm who I am, but some relationships with some women are very healthy mm -hmm. and some relationships I've had, I'm like, man, this is a toxic, like this is a toxic mix. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it, what I've learned is I can't have, even though I would consider myself fairly healthy, you know, my relationship with one woman makes me seem more uh, like, man, I'm like, I don't know what's like, this seems toxic. I pull out of that relationship. I get into another relationship and it seems to feed into all the good parts of me. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. In other words, mm -hmm. like certain people make me better. Yeah. Other relationships can make me worse. Well, they don't make you better or worse technically. Right. But your perception is I'm healthier in this or unhealthier. This is healthy for me or not. Right. But is that because of compatibility? Like no, no, I'm more no. compatible with this person, you think? And that's why it seems to be going better. It depends on what compatibility no, means. No. Like yeah. compatibility is kind of overrated. Most people think of it as like shared interests. We both like to bowl. We both like to screw. Right. <laughs> <We're> like chess. <laughs> you know, like, that's my favorite thing. That's a smaller okay, ant. Okay. Can, can that, I interject that order. real quick? Yes, yeah. please. All right. All right. Timmy, you've known me for like Almost a year now, right? Yep, since yep. the COVID stuff started. I've lost a shitload of weight since it started. Yes, I've you have. really mellowed the fuck out, right? Yep. All right. A lot of that is due to my friend Sam. She's found this podcast. Hi, Sam. Hey, How Sam. you doing? Hey, Sam. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We never had romantic interest, mm -hmm. all right? But we had a base level compatibility where, like, I mean, you... I mean, shit, you met me like what last July or some yep. shit like that. I've lost like 50 fucking pounds since then. You know, when I was like, yeah, I'm overweight, everyone was like, yeah, you're good. Sam was like, yeah, you're a fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And right. you didn't and you didn't view her as an enemy. No, 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 no. She she's my fucking butt. Yeah. You know, and she's dating someone else now. That's cool as fuck. But you know, I mean, that's like the root of call buddies, but Yes, fucking different podcast probably, but you know, I mean, the fact of the matter is, like, just base compatibility does not help us. Right, in safety. Life. Safety is everything. Secure attachment. No, 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 no. Yeah. Safety is the fucking baseline before yes. fucking death. Everything. Yeah. All right. Everything safety is, is the fucking shoot that you pull on your way down when you're skydiving, and 
you know, you don't realize you got 14,000 feet before you got to figure shit out. You no, know? Safety I mean, is the reason why you jump because you believe that the plane is going to get me up there. The chute's going to hold me. And when I get to the ground, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. I jump because the Piper Cub is way scarier than jumping. Out of plane. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, frankly, I've even, never done it. Even my, my friendship. Wait, you've never is, done it? I've never I, skydived. No, we died. Wait, 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 wait. I've never have either. Oh, you have? Oh, dude. Holy Dude, shit. Dude, shit. I don't just, know. Oh. <laughs> you pay for it. I'm going with you. I'll jump. I've never done a parachute jump, but I would do it with you if you. if you. I just posted a special on your right, We'll do page, it. Bitch. We'll do it. <laughs> I mean, you're coming, to, Grant? I, I mean, would need about like four cuddle buddies. Yeah. <laughs> I got two lined up for you. <laughs> I like to, since I'm, I'm, a, I'm a kayaker, so I like to go splash if I make a mistake instead of thud. Yeah, I mean that's you know one of the things for I think for me is I think one of the reasons I'm friends with both of you and and Lance is I like I feel like I could tell either one of you and Lance he's not here he'll be listening to this later like I could say this Dish would bag. never happen in all my life <laughs> but like guys I sucked a dick <laughs> that's that's something I'm not curious about I'm not interested in well, tell me uh, I love labia that's like my deal but I but I but my friends labia are the, is just a dick turned inside that's what, <laughs> I sucked that clit so for me it, the reason the friends that I I'm have so in my life this. <laughs> are friends that I could say like, Hey, I had a homosexual experience, right? That'll never happen. But if I did, the friends in my life are friends that I could tell. And they would probably be like, what was it like? You know what I mean? <laughs> they would, they wouldn't judge they wouldn't me. Judge you. They wouldn't judge me. I'd feel safe. I feel secure in who I am and being able to do that. And everybody in my life, for the most part, I think are the kind of people that I could say that and nothing in my relationship with them would change. Yeah. And, and, well, I, I mean, and I mean, that you guys did, too, did, like did, you guys could tell me the craziest shit and I'd be like, okay, like, okay. tell me about it. Like, what'd yeah, you think? Yeah, How'd yeah. it go? Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We're on a scale. All right. I mean, sexuality narcissism i mean all yep. that is all on a fucking scale yeah all right yeah. like i mean if you suck a dick i'm not gonna judge <laughs> <laughs> if i put my name on the building where i work which you know i did yeah. i'm not gonna judge right. you're not gonna judge i mean we're all on a fucking scale you know and i'm not gonna fucking judge you on your fucking ability to find that tipping point in the very middle of that fucking scale yeah yeah Cause I'm a fucking mess, and Grant's a fucking mess, mess, and you're a fucking mess. Absolutely, we be messed and we're awesome too. <laughs> That's what's so cool about it. Is is it, uh, in my brokenness, I'm also who I am. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so we're we're back. Holy shit, we're back. Yeah. <laughs> Lance is gone. Sorry, motherfucker. Lance, we love you. Uh, he's um, got kids. He's got responsibilities. But the, but the whole topic of this particular podcast came up for a lot of reasons for me. One is I posted on Facebook on the single site that I'm hosting. I said, what did you learn from your divorce? And like I mentioned before that the, the comments were, I was too forgiving. I ignored red flags. I enabled her or his behavior. He or she was a narcissist. And it was, 
essentially 90% of the comments were basically, I was this perfect mate and my ex was X, Y, Z. And in my personal life, I have never wanted to be blind to, like I mentioned earlier, the booger in my own nose. I want to, I don't want to be the guy that's, I was great in the relationship. I tried so hard. I did this, that, and the other. I was available. I was this and that and the other while my partner was the fucked up, dysfunctional, broken one. I don't want to be the person that's on the other end of that saying I was perfect. My right. partner was broken. Right. I want to the be able martyr to victim, right? The victim. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to look honestly in the mirror and go, fuck, I have a booger in my nose. Right. So that was really the, the whole inspiration I think for this podcast was, I guess, I guess to answer this one question, how, can we really look in the mirror honestly when not just looking exteriorly, but be able to really look inside and be able to recognize I'm a narcissist or I'm passive aggressive or I'm closed emotionally or I'm abusive in some way. I don't want to be abusive. Right. Let me say that because I think this is really important to clarify. If if that woman was in a relationship with a narcissist, there is a reality, right? It's, it's not that she's perfect, but it is that she's in an abusive cycle and she is a victim in that scenario. And there's only one way out. And, and someone who's been in that, it, what they need is not to go evaluate, how could I do better? Right. They need to think about how do I get out? Yeah. Right. Any other scenario is one that requires more of that self-awareness and the, the ability to own my part of the problem in our relationship. But if you're with a narcissist, you can do that all day long and you won't get anywhere. Right. So I think that's important to say overall, like the ability to question ourselves, to ask ourselves the hard questions. I think that we have to be secure enough to invite feedback from the people that know us best who won't bullshit us and, and, you know, not to be self-serving, but therapy, like therapy is a good zone to get into, to throw some things up on the wall and get some reflection about things I might not be aware of, might not be seeing about how I think, how I act, why I'm stuck. So whether it's a friend or a family member or a therapist, it's gotta be someone safe that you trust inviting that feedback and knowing that like, Oh, I didn't die. When I, when I went into my doubts or my vulnerability, I actually learned something. I think it's work, like do the work and ask for feedback, ask your closest friends, like, okay, I know why you guys love me, but like, what pisses you off about me? Right. You know, like that takes balls, but that's healthy process. Sure. Well, it's like the person that, that, that's always running late and there's always a good excuse, the, the train, the this, the, that, the, there's always these reasons why they were late rather than I just didn't really respect your time enough mm -hmm. to be able I to really get up early and do this. It's like, like the cartoons. Sorry, 
sorry I'm late. I didn't really want to come. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and I think it's it's hard. I mean, I know for me personally, I want I really, 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 really have a deep desire within me to know where I might be like off in my thinking and and might be askew. And you know, it goes yeah, back to yeah. my maybe my religious upbringing. I I really value that you shall know the truth, and the truth is what will set you free. So then, the opposite to me in my brain says, "Well, then lies are bondage. If I'm believing lies about myself, that's bondage, right. for if, good or bad. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah and yeah. if I believe the truth, that will free me." And so I, I really want the truth and often the truth is not what I think about myself. The truth could be what that person says about me or how that person perceives me. Well, I mean, here's the thing though. I mean, truth is very relative, right? All right. I'm, I'm almost positive before we went on our break, we're talking about cuddle buddies. Yeah. (laughs) By the laughter, I'm guessing we did. That's going to be its own podcast. (laughs) But we decided that I was laying shit out and I was honest and I was right, right? But the truth of the matter is, I was hurting people I was caring about, you know? For you to be able to acknowledge whatever part of you is responsible, that's healthy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That other person, you know, has to look at, okay, maybe I lied to myself. Maybe but, I heard something that I just wanted to hear. That's but, their work. Right. But wait, wait, wait. There was a very relative truth in that equation. You know, and I'd seen that truth played out before, and they hadn't. You know, so I had to eventually, I had to eventually realize I was a douchebag. Did you realize that, okay, did you realize that you're a douchebag, or did you just realize that your way of wanting to be a cuddle buddy just didn't work? Does it matter? Yes. No, I think it doesn't so. matter. No, yeah. no, 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 no. It depends. Like, really, though, like, no one's really a douchebag. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're yeah. hurting or we're afraid or we're like, we're, you know, we're lonely. Like, we're hurt. Right. So, again, like, it, either way, like, if, if, if you did something that you believed was douchebaggery, right? Self responsibility, like, fix it, change it, be different. Sometimes we just, sometimes we just say, what I hoped for there or what I went for didn't work. I'm not a douchebag, but that, that certainly didn't work. And if I keep doing it, telling myself that it's going to work, now I kind of risk okay being yeah. a douchebag to myself. I can see that point. Right? Like yeah. maybe, 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 so maybe the win is you were kind of being a douchebag to yourself, maybe, by continuing to do something that you knew wasn't working, right? Yeah. That, that yes, works. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Which I think, well, yeah, when you live contrary to what you believe internally, yeah. like I, I know for, for me, I mean, there are certain times in my life where I'm like, yeah, I was, I was very well, self-centered. Cognitive, dis- cognitive dissonance yeah i mean being able to recognize you know what that behavior is self-serving and i don't i don't want to be self-serving you know i want to be more generous or whatever and being able to to recognize that and to make that shift is is part and parcel i think to to being able to to really own not just your i mean in the christian world 
course, Grant will understand this. There's two types of sins. There's sins of commission and there's sins of omission, omission. right? Meaning I should do this and I don't. That's omission. Or I shouldn't do this and I did. That's commission. And so I think in in those kinds of sins, again, sins speaking of Shawnee mission, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. But being able to understand that I am either committing a sin, so to speak, intentionally, or by not doing something, I'm also committing a sin. So it's almost like the you know, if you don't say you're against it, then you're automatically for it because you didn't say you're right. A tangled web. That was that, complicated that, as shit. It is. It's very complicated, <laughs> right? But it's it's like you're you're right. you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Sin management. Wait, wait, wait. But is if you're it, only living, what? I mean, if you think about it, if you only live your life based upon what you know and how that world works, I know for me, I've I've experienced new friendships lately, and I've operated in the way I've operated, and then all of a sudden I'm in a new I'm in a new environment, and I'm like, oh wow, the way I operate doesn't work as well right. in this yeah you had to learn that yeah i had to learn like oh wow like okay your shit just got complicated at some point what we know about our faith stops working wait yeah like my belief the old belief that homosexuals are bad people well that all breaks down when you really come to know someone who who is gay and like they're better than you Right. Like all of a sudden now your faith doesn't work anymore. Right. Cause you've, you've experienced an experience that says Holy everything shit. that everything you believed <laughs> is wrong essentially. Yeah. Like, that's a really healthy premise to say, what if everything I believe is wrong? That's a right? healthy perspective. And if you can go there, it takes security to go there. It takes bravado to go there. Yeah. That's where we learn the well, best stuff, you know? It doesn't wait, mean we wait, have wait, to wait. abandon everything either, but it sure. means we're going to abandon some things. Yeah. There's no doubt about it for me that I had to come to a place that <laughs> what if heaven's not real? Uh -huh. Now, whether you believe it or not, it doesn't matter. Right. For me anyway, but it was like I had to get to the place in my life where it's just hell and it's right maybe. now. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. Maybe. Right. Like, like I used to I say, you know, again, I, I was raised very religious. So I was raised that, you know, to live as Christ, to die as gain. Right. And there's also that scripture of, um, uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Right. That's a very common Wait. scripture. And so that, that verse means, that you die and that's it. And then you, you're within with, the judgment, right? And then yeah. the judgment. So when people said, do you believe in reincarnation? I said, no, no, because the Bible says, right. Once to die, right. You die once and that's it. And you so, need to get excommunicated, right? Well, and that's just it. I have. And so I used to say, people, if you believe in reincarnation, I said, no, now, right. My new journey. I'm like, I don't know, maybe, because the reality is, to me, that's the most honest answer I can give. Holy Do shit. I know for sure what afterlife is? I don't care if you believe the Bible, don't believe the Bible, believe in Jesus, don't believe in Jesus, believe in God, believe in Mother Mary. You can believe, I don't care what you believe. The reality is nobody actually knows. Now you can say by faith or because you believe the Bible, you can, whatever I, that that's fine. I don't have a problem with any of those things, 
But to say that anything Ooh. is certain when you literally yeah. cannot know. So is reincarnation a thing? I don't know. When you get drunk and you wake up wearing Viking clothes the next day, you got to ask yourself. Am I, okay, that's am I happened before, but I got to say real quick. <laughs> I'm not saying that's happened. I'm not saying it happened. Yeah, right. It can happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. But, but I think I mean, that, that, that's an honest, to me, that's yeah, an honest answer. Is, no, no, is no, reincarnation no, no. a thing? I don't know. It takes Maybe. a lot of security. It takes a lot of core security to be able to say, I don't know, and to not be deeply troubled by it. Right. That's it. Yeah. You see, you got to take a big step still. Yeah. All right. If Jesus is a thing and like, re and like evangelical shit's a thing, I'm in deep shit. Like they used to say, what if it's true? All of us here are, if that's the truth, if that's the case. And that's right, the thing. I, mean, I think that's the beauty of your life. Is, like, it's not until you have nothing to fucking lose. All right. I grew up fifth of eight in a Catholic family. All right. I don't doubt my mom loved me. I don't doubt my dad had loved me. But I mean, the very nature of how I live my life and the very nature of a fifth of eight in a Catholic family said I was probably going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. You know, the, 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 we all thought we were going to hell. I think that, I think the thing that, Speaking of spirituality, I mean, the thing that, that really, I mean, this goes back to uh, our topic, right? About knowing the truth is some things are so beyond knowing, like really? yeah, whether there is a heaven or, or a hell, I, I don't, I really don't care if you believe in heaven and hell. That's fine. If you believe that, that's keep believing it. I'm not trying to, I really don't want to convert anybody to my way of thinking, but where I'm at now is that maybe maybe not i mean you know what i mean like i have my right. thoughts and my opinions and regardless of what grant thinks regardless of what steve thinks regardless of what any that listen to this podcast thinks it doesn't it doesn't alter what i think because I, there's there's this part of me that maybe you're right yeah i think yeah. most of us who are in a movement away from religion towards spirituality have experienced someone who used spirituality is narcissistic fuel to do whatever they want or to Absolutely. justify whatever they want. Yeah. Like spirituality in the wrong hands, right? If you just want to validate what you believe and what's right, like there's a lot of narcissism in religion. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what Jesus bumped up against actually. Yeah. And it's yeah. what he, it's what he railed against and it's what he cussed when he cussed it was this, you know, you're on the surface, you're this whitewashed tomb, but inside you're full of dead men's bones. That's yeah. narcissism. Yeah. And we've all had those experiences of someone, the girl in college, you said, God told me to break up with you. I'm going to date Jimmy now. <laughs> you know? It's like, I'm like, oh, I got a real problem with that. Mm -hmm. God didn't tell me that. But yeah, we've all seen wounds happen. People wield religion as a means to be right. And like we had, when we saw that, we like, there's got to be something healthier than that. Yeah. The, yeah. Cult, the cults and all that. Like, that's just no. narcissism that found religion. Yeah. But I'm going to play devil's advocate. Good. Like, I mean, if you carry fucking lockpicks in your fucking pocket, because, like, <laughs> you're just smart. You're yeah. fed the fuck up with it. I mean, like, I'm your people. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it goes back to what, what, what? You're just smarter and braver than most of us, Steve. Yeah. No, I'm just jackass. <laughs> <laughs> I've very clearly said that before every podcast <laughs> I've been on. <laughs> I mean, it goes back to the, the, the teaching that we, that we all discussed at, 
the Mercy community was the, the story of the prodigal son. That's the story that Jesus tells about the, the young man that asks his father for half the inheritance or his inheritance and then goes and squanders it and lives with pigs and then comes back to the father that we often think of the, the prodigal is the one that left and was living crazy. And, and in fact, I think what that story is saying is that the prodigal was both the elder son who stayed and obeyed mm-hmm. as well as the one, the young one that mm-hmm. left and squandered the, the prodigal was both of them. And in fact, at the end of the story, it, it almost really alludes to the one that was lost was the elder son who thought that he was earning the father's love by obedience while the young son went and squandered his inheritance with wild living and women and all that stuff was yeah. the one that was a prodigal. But, but you know what I mean? Like the, the story seems prodigal. to end. They were both prodigal because they were both entitled. Right. And ultimately they were both terrified that they wouldn't be loved. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, yeah that's absolutely. Us. I mean, that's, that's, that's all of us. I mean, like, yeah. you know, all through some fucking shit that I didn't speak of when we were off air out, you know, I mean, like, which we'll send out in a later podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, like, I mean, my body counts, not what most people expect. Yeah. Especially for someone who runs around saying I'm a douchebag and handing out fucking lockpick fucking cards, you know, I mean, it's just we've all disappointed our fucking parents we've all disappointed ourselves yeah yeah in our own fucking way that we never would have expected in this life yeah and absolutely and being able to to live with that i mean i I, some i don't know where this happened in my life maybe it's my religious upbringing to realize that no one's perfect like i mean and again whether this is true or not I don't know, but it's like when I think of, and I say this a lot, like no one's perfect except Jesus, whether that's true or not, who knows, but that's how I was raised is that Jesus, the only perfect human ever. So like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm born to be me and with Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. comes those imperfections and we're going to need grace. Yeah. It's all about if grace. someone's perfect, it's definitely not me. It's yeah. about yeah. grace. Yeah. At the end of the day. And that's that, that there was a book. I think we, we mentioned this, but there uh, in our Sunday gathering, but there's a book called the scandal of grace or something, something to do about how grace is so scandalous. And there, and this is kind of veering off mm-hmm. a little bit of topic, but kind of on topic in the church. I don't know if you remember this, but in the evangelical world, even there was this big debate, kind of divide between the real grace filled people and the real more judgment filled mm-hmm. people. And you know, that like, well, you know, that's just messy grace or that sloppy grace, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like there's a, there's an end to, to God's grace and, and whether there is or there isn't, I mean, I, I, you know, it's, it's whether I believe that Jesus died for the sins of the world and whether you believe that whole thing or not, it really doesn't matter except that within the Christian faith, to me, let's just say you do believe all that. Then if Jesus died on the cross for your sins, past, present, and future, then it's a one and done. There's nothing I can do to earn God's love. 
if it was given through Jesus death, burial and resurrection. And, but then religion seems to, even though it says it's a free gift that God gives mm -hmm. through Jesus, there's still an undertone of, well, you got to earn it. So like bringing it back to relationships too, like it's the same in faith as it is in relationships. We can be fear-based or we can be love-based fear-based when I'm, when I'm with someone out of fear, I'm going to, I'm going to have rules and I'm going to be in a self-preservation mode and I'm going to embrace <laughs> something. Mm -hmm. Everything I do is going to be about avoiding pain, right? So if I'm in a love-based relationship, if I know that I'm loved, if that's the starting point, I'm secure, I'm loved, then I'm going to be able to be vulnerable. I'm going to be able to give and take feedback you know, spiritually, like, I just think about that in faith. Like when it starts with, I'm loved, like nothing I can do can take me away from God's love. Like I'm still going to do good things, but I'm going to do it with a whole different motive. I'm going to do it with yeah. gratitude. Like, and I'm loved this much. Like I'm happy to, to do the right thing. Quote, if I'm in a fear-based relationship, I'm just doing the right thing but with a ton of anxiety, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's going to lead me to an early grave and I'm going to judge everyone else on the way. So that's just what we're all learning. I think I'll always be learning it. You know, I'll always ask myself, am I really selfish right now? Am I narcissistic? Am I okay? Am I, am I operating out of love or fear? You know, I wish it was more love than fear. No, honestly, I've, I've had a lifelong struggle with fear-based loving, you know, but, but that's the way, like the way is love. The way is like beginning with myself, knowing that as far as God is concerned, like that's the source of ultimate love is divine. And then, yeah, I want to create that in my human relationships too. Yeah. How, how would you, how would you say, Grant, if, if someone's listening to this podcast, they've been divorced whether a long time or a short time doesn't really matter how would you encourage or counsel someone to be able to really discover where they could grow well of course i like i would encourage them to if, if it's just for them i'd start by journaling just make mm -hmm. a make a commitment whether you just journal or think like commit to brutal honesty with yourself about what happened to you and then how you created it and then get help. Like, yeah, absolutely. And like the only different, like <clears throat> best friends, family can be of tremendous help. The difference between that and a therapist, I'm not saying one is better than the other. The unique thing that therapy offers when you find a good fit is this person has more of an ability to see you from the outside, to see you more neutrally. They have more, they'll have fewer qualms about really going for the jugular and helping you see yourself Yeah. or yeah. someone who really loves you. Your best friend might be gentle with you. They might not push you, but someone who's, who's really a good at therapy, you're going to feel safe, but you're also going to feel challenged and pushed. And you're going to good therapy is holding up a mirror to someone to help them see, you know, who they really are. Right. In other words, yeah. showing you where you might be blind right? and then giving tools. Yeah. Therapy should not just be, how are you doing? It should be, give me a tool. Give me something to practice. Give me challenge you. Yeah. Give me a path to yeah. go down. 
And that's what I would encourage. Like, don't don't wait too long to get help. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, when it comes to guys facing divorce, and I've talked to a lot of guys facing divorce, um, whatever challenges you the most, do it. Go into yeah. the fire, right? You know, I mean, I went to Christian men's groups, which to most people out there listening, isn't going to sound funny. <laughs> but Timmy and Grant are laughing really hard. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there. But they were good men. Yeah, yeah. They were good Some men. They were are. spiritually yeah. minded, and they were focused on growth. Yeah. And that's what I need. You can feel that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah group you know? work, uh, support groups. Yeah, yeah. I went to men's fireside groups from Christian churches. I went to knitting I, I did yep. knitting classes. Awesome. I'm taking the uh, tap dancing classes right now. I you know, it. I mean, anybody that challenges your fucking traditional sense of who you are, that's who you need to be interacting with. Yeah. Like yeah. that's another thing, like commit to doing things that make you feel alive and commit to doing some new things, to exploring things that might make you feel alive. Absolutely. Yeah. Do some yeah. Mix it up. Yeah. Be it, different. It's been conversations with people that, aren't in my world, right? Yeah. Like, like outside of my, my particular world that have offered the most, uh, genuine, pure feedback that has created like pause in me. Like, to go, Oh yeah. Like I, I recently had someone say, do you know, you interrupt a lot. And I was like, oh, <laughs> just shit. like I did tonight, you know, yeah. like I, I was just like, Oh, I do. Don't I, you know? And so I, I've been very cognizant, is that the right word, yeah. to go, okay, let someone finish their entire thought before I interject. And 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 I noticed it's like a ch- it's like I have to really think about it because my mind is just, just going so fast <laughs> that I, I want to interject. I want to interject. And I'm like, nope, just hold my tongue, hold my tongue, hold my tongue until they, they're done speaking. Um and that it was, it was a helpful feedback. It was helpful, you know, for me to recognize kind of my excitable um, speaking ways. Um, and I think at the end of the day, you know, uh, I think everyone listening, if you've been divorced, you, I hopefully, I would hope that you want to know and not be blinded by your own, you know, booger in your nose. You know, yeah. to go through life with a with a booger. Love yourself enough to get the work done. Yeah, take the risk. Yeah, I mean, everyone I've ever met out there is pretty fucking awesome. You know? yeah. If you're out there, if you don't know if you're in a relationship with a narcissist or not, or if you don't know if you're a narcissist or not, come in and get some help. Yeah, someone yeah. can help you figure. Out. I always I like to recommend. There's a lot of good books on it, but the one I typically recommend is called um, "It's by Eleanor Payson, P A Y S O N, The Wizard of Oz, and Other." narcissists i like that book if you read yes. that book and light bulbs start going off you, <laughs> might, be, you might need help you might be a narcissist yeah. Yeah. yeah well guys thank you so much for coming on the podcast tonight this was a this was a, i think this is going to be thank a you very guys. helpful uh conversation for people to uh recognize where they have room to grow and 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 I would challenge if, if you're, if you are listening and think that you don't have room to grow, like, I think that you could be, on, you could be on the scale of narcissism <laughs> if, if no you fun. don't, you it's know, think that there's, yeah. 
We're all on the scale. <laughs> yeah. yeah and that's let's just like, admit like, that from the yes, get-go. Yes. I mean, we're on the scale. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody's on the scale. We're on the scale of narcissism. We're on the scale of fucking hedonism. We're all on the scale of fucking everything. Yeah. yeah. It's about finding your fucking balance. That's right. Well, it's like when you read uh, symptoms, right? You start reading symptoms. Like, fuck, I have that oh, one. Man. I have that one. I have that one. Fuck, I have that deal. Right? Well, I think it's the same thing with narcissism. I mean, I'll be honest, you know, I... I I looked up the word narcissism because I was asking myself, am I a narcissist? I just don't know it. I don't want to be a narcissist. And I start reading the list. I'm like, well, that one's me. That one's, well, yeah, that's yeah, not me. Yeah, that's yeah. not me. That's not, well, that one's me. Well, shit. Like, if it wasn't yeah. a scale, be a fucking blood test. <laughs> Honestly, I guess that's sure true, that's Steve. In the future. Yeah. I think we're all on the scale. I think the sooner we can acknowledge where we are. for narcissists. <laughs> Come on, Foshy. Figure this shit out, dude. Johnson. Johnson. All right, yeah, guys. We got all kinds of horrible ideas. <laughs> I love the idea. Guys, thank you so much for joining us for the podcast today. It is the Timmy Gibson Show. Don't forget, subscribe, like, love, send us a comment. We appreciate it. Peace out.